This is a Vuma 103 podcast. Legacy until noon with Vanessa Marawa. sitting at the stage very nicely. It's called uh, Dear Msagazi. And like I said, uh, she did it like nobody did it. And for the first time in a very long time, I'm actually intimidated to be announcing my legacy uh, guest this morning. Her name is Mam Shadow Twala. Mam Shadow Twala, good morning and welcome to Ivuma 103. Dear Msagazi. <laughs> I go on to put but I know Gipela Lapo. I'm sure it what takes you back. What a beautiful tribute. It takes you back, though, Mum Shed. How many people called at some point in your career, had stories to share, wanted your voice to be the one to take it out into the world? Oh, my goodness. I wish I, I, I knew to count. You know, it, it hasn't stopped. Mm. I still get on social media, like, you know, where are you? What are you doing? Please come back. And, 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 you know, it, it, it's such a beautiful thing that when you are on the platform, you never know and plan what it is you're doing uh, and how many people you're touching until, until you, you bump into people 35, 40 years later that say, oh, my God, I was at school, I was studying, listening to you, and you inspired me. You know, there's so many beautiful stories you get from people, and it's heartwarming. Mm. And uh, so the thing is that if you don't know who Mum Shadow is, first of all, where have you been? But uh, let me just lay the foundation. She is an award-winning radio DJ. She's a journalist. She's an entrepreneur, uh, a radio and television uh, presenter. Some of you might know her from South Africa's Got uh, Talent, but that's the least of the achievements uh, that she has managed uh, to uh, gain in her career. But also for the most people, she was the radio voice that uh, we listened to growing up for, the, for us, the first female that we heard on radio and uh, just uh, really an inspiration for a lot of people who are in the industry now and for some that aren't even anywhere near it but just an inspiration to see what could be done at that time. So Mom Shadow, I have um, my own hawks, my own uh, spies and people who tell me things uh, that maybe I shouldn't know but they have uh, let me know, Guti, from a young age your talents were, you know, at the forefront you were already doing things. Apparently, a little known fact about you is that when you were much younger, you were an acclaimed ballroom dancer. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> My hawks are dipping and diving. Yeah, tell us more. Well, you know, we <laughs> you take me back there. Please go In- back. <laughs> And, you know, our parents went to work when we were were at school and didn't come back until late afternoon, early evening. So we needed a place where we could be kept safe doing something. And at the time, um, all Philly, all the subtle, 
had a, 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 a dancing school where, that she ran from the YWCA in, in Dubes, away to where I grew up. So we, we would learn to dance ballroom and cha-cha-cha and, and rumba and all of those ballroom uh, genres. And, and uh, <laughs> I actually won, I think it was in 1971, oh my goodness, I'm telling my age now, uh, won the, the South African Championships. And, and my, my, my picture with my partner, Uma Nasimatabate, made it to the world newspaper on the on the you know the, the big front page type thing so that that was something celebrated by my family but i had i had a very active young life or yeah in, in my 11 10 11 12 years uh of my life um quite quite an interesting time actually because i think that became the root of my my performing uh, space and, and being um, loving the attention that I got from people. Mm. I mean, my parents, every time my parents had people visiting, it was, what was your jive? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was the entertainment at home as well, you know? Yeah. So and, and that's how it was. And I, that's the thing. It's like when people know you for one thing, they kind of think that you are one dimensional because that's what they know you for. So when I found this out, I was like, first of all, in the spotlight. That's amazing. But then also I could just picture you because the energy has always been very effervescent. So I can imagine you doing the cha-cha-cha and doing all those things. I wish I would see that. I could have seen that uh, at oh, the time. And so tell me about that young life uh, of uh, that time growing up where we were as a country. And like you were saying, you needed a safe space to be while your parents were at work. What kind of work were they doing Benenzani, uh, Ekaya, and and that sort of thing. Just lay us uh, lay the foundation for us. Which is Simone. You know, in Kulele Duba, and Duba was kind of uh, the the kind of hub, yes, so to so to speak, because it produced quite a lot of uh, great people eventually. Um, and Uma was a domestic worker. And uh, eventually, she worked at a factory. There were, she was an overlocker at, at a factory. Dad worked for the newspapers and initially ran the, a, a football club, a Benjamin Social Center, which was very close to Dorkay House, where all the musicians were. So I, I kind of hung out at Dorkay House as well to see all the musicians practice while my friends were playing and getting dusty in the street. I was wearing bobby socks and those kinds of things and going with dad with straightened hair. Love this place I mean the from the gamma just to look tidy. <laughs> I remember those uh, combs as I figure stuff in you. We've come a long and, way. You know, I know, but I, I became a, a very popular young girl, Mak Mak Shadow, a we minister mace, you know? Mm. A flower girl. Um, I was always chosen to go and uh, and and hand over flowers to important people who came to play at Ablani Amphitheater. For instance, when Brooke Benton came, I was the little girl that handed him flowers at Ablani Amphitheater. When Percy Sledge came, I was the little girl that handed him flowers at the time when he wasn't supposed to be here because it was the time of, of the cultural boycott. But, you know, I, I knew very little about that. 
but our, our township was, was actually, looking back now, it looked like there was, a, we didn't have as much violence as there was, although it was there. But um, going to Orlando Stadium, because Dad was in charge of Morocco Swallows, and I was a little girl that walked a team into the stadium dressed in red and white, you know. Oh, wow. Uh, because that's who we managed. So I, I got to socialize quite a bit around around the township. And and mom and dad were always proud of, of me being around, although I was, I was daddy's girl. So I kind of hung around with dad wherever he went. And if he didn't want me, you know, dad, dad at some point had the Beatle, um uh, VW and when I knew he was getting ready to go out and he didn't want me to go with him I would jump into the back of the back seat and hide myself and only when he was halfway through and I knew he couldn't take me back home I'd go hello you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's a word for that you were a precocious child were you not so I'm sure <laughs> I think that's the word for that, but uh, yeah. But here's the thing, which I, I, I've always been curious, and uh, you know, I, I know you personally, and I, I've always called you my second mom because when I lived in Cape Town, uh, oh, Mom Shadow, I uh, really uh, kind of uh, filled a role for me as my second mom. But here's the thing that I never actually got to ask you, Mom Shadow. In that time, how do you get yourself? Understanding what you were always there, kind of in the front line of things that were happening. How do you get yourself on radio as a young female at that time? How, what, what happened? How did you get onto broad, or into broadcasting and onto radio? Well, I, I left, I left um, South Africa as we all did. A group of children went to school in either Lesotho, Botswana, or Swaziland. Uh, again, our parents grouped together and wanted a kind of, they called it a better education for us. So I went to school in Swaziland just after primary school. And in Swaziland, that, that's when a whole lot of kind of interesting things happened because I, I got to hang out with a lot of people and music was the most attractive thing. I've always loved radio. So during weekends at boarding school, we listened to LM radio. which was broadcasting from Maputo at the time. And and I, I that's I think that's what gave me the bug. I listened to a lot of music. I fell in love with a lot of music. I collected music magazines, international music magazines that were sold and, you know, had posters. I mean, I had the biggest poster of Michael Jackson because I thought, you know, we had the same nose at the time. <laughs> at the time. <laughs> at the time, because it changed eventually. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I collected quite a lot of uh, musicians' posters. But then I got back home after after high school, and I I, I had my son very early in my life, uh, and in 1977, um, and then I started I, I started working and living back in Soweto with my parents. But then old Treza Sabalala mm. came home to visit. He was very tight friends with my brother because they'd gone to school together. Old Treza came home and said, "Listen, there's, there's this." new radio station that's starting in Radio Metro and um, I think because of your love for music uh, you should come and audition and my mom thought, I, I, had, I had a full time job one Monday to Friday at a hotel and mom said no, 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 no You know, there's no insurance there's no UIF there's nothing in that job, there's no security so you can't do it and a few weeks went by after my audition and of course, Khadir actually came to my home to say to my mother, listen, this, your girl is so good. 
please let her come and, and test. So the idea was I was going to work weekends and not during the week because I could do my other job during the week. And uh, just that's how it happened. I was there on the 1st of September. All of us were there when the when Radio Metro opened and it, it was weekends and before I knew it, it was during the week and it had consumed me. I'd left my job and I had had a bit of a stint uh, with Radio Bob because after high school, I mean, after high school, yeah, I, I did a bit of a stint on, in Buputaswana doing bits and pieces. I didn't quite, and everybody thinks I started working at, at Bob. I didn't quite have a job at Bob, mm. but I, I, I hung around a lot of people and found myself because I really wanted to but I, I, I didn't stay long enough I think to get onto a show okay. in particular but I, I was there and even when the TV when Bob TV started I was there in the background training to try and get there but didn't quite so my first real radio job was at Metro. But uh, one of the things was uh, sitting or growing up okay and uh, the jingle for the radio station you worked for at the time went a little something like, uh, 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 I can't say the station, your action station on <laughs> five, seven, six. <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, 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 your action station. <laughs> it was fantastic. And uh, the show you did, uh, Shell Goes Trucking, I mean, at the time, the idea, I mean, at the time we saw nothing uh, strange or, 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 you know, kind of weird about it. But if we look back now, a woman chatting to mostly uh, truck drivers who are driving long distance with this beautiful silky voice, getting them through the trip and through to their destinations safely. What did that mean to you at the time? Well, Vanessa, firstly, you know, that was such an important time because, you know, we, 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 we didn't respect truckers and understand the work that they do, that they were really the heartbeat of, of the country. They get food across the country. They get all our goods and services around the country. And people would normally not look down on you when you said my dad was a trucker, mm. you know. There was no respect paid to them. So one wanted to, to get to the pulse of it and really understand who they were and what they did, uh, things like medical aid, things like them getting food, uh, uh, or being well fed and stay healthy and have time to really relax in between the drive, mm. which doesn't happen even now. Um, and, and this is why we have the kinds of accidents that we do. So together with Shell, it, it was important that they could stop and have a conversation. And it was between 11 and 12, I remember, so their families, and we didn't have cell phones at the time, so their families and that all go to the, to the uh, phone booth mm. to make a phone call to home to say, I'm fine, I'm alive, mm. and I'm, I'm halfway through my destination. So the only other way was for families and them to call the radio station and send messages to each other. Wow. I mean, you know, there was a child born, um, and, and the mother would, was able to say the child was born when the driver, the father was on the road, you know. Mm. We, we had such many, very many milestones for families that happened on, on, at that time during the radios. And, and the, the, the thing is, I had met them once, uh, Shell organized that I, I, they put me on a helicopter to go to um, a, a petrol station to see some of the truckers. We got into such trouble with the companies because the truckers wouldn't move because they all wanted to meet me. <laughs> oh, and they so... for a while. Oh, wow. And, 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 and once, you, you know, when, when the radio, when, when you worked weekends, 
there's no one except for security at the SABC. So there are times when I would wake up in the morning and go do my Sunday show in my pajamas and maybe a jersey or a coat over it, just just to be there. I don't I don't I don't suggest anyone does the same these days. <laughs> but I, I I would do that. And and once it was my birthday on that Sunday, I remember, and I did my show. I used to have a jazz show on Sundays. I did my show. and when I left at twelve midday to go home. There was a stream of trucks and truckers. Oh my gosh! Trucks to come outside the radio station to oh. come and wish me happy birthday. So they became my family. I was Kumba and and they had those funny nicknames, you know. <laughs> uh, and and it, it it was it was the most important time, and you know, and a lot of them would lose their money uh, because. Um, when the truckers were on the road and, and just really take their money from them mm. for whatever reason. So we kind of stopped that. They got vouchers for food instead of taking money, you know, so that the money could reach home eventually. Yeah. Those kinds of things. So it was really important work. And and I'm I'm hoping because I lost touch when I left Metro. Yeah, and I think that's something that uh, also we, we don't actually fully understand, that there was families that were almost kept together by a radio mm-hmm. show because this was so important to get that piece of news that a baby's been born, to know that your, your loved one is still alive, to know that they're okay, yes. to know they've got good company, to know that there's somebody that cares about them on their journey that they can listen to uh, on uh, that road uh, to wherever it was that they were going. I got an interesting question uh, from Uzama. She's listening to us uh, from uh, Saudi Arabia this morning and she says, uh, I remember Mamshadow's voice being deeper when she did Child Goes Trucking. Why does it sound <laughs> normal now? Was the deep voice just for the the show well it's it's the it's it's i think it's the phone lines that we have but my voice hasn't changed at all it hasn't I um, know. Yeah. talking about saudi arabia in in 2008 i i went there and i went to a mall it was an all-woman's mall uh where women didn't have to wear abayas you know not mm. have to cover up and across the mall it was my first time in saudi and i heard these women go hello and I realized that there's so many nurses, our nurses, uh, a lot of them work in Saudi Arabia, especially from the Western Cape, I think, and other places. But it was lovely to know that I could see South Africans in Saudi. So hello Mm. there in Saudi. Hello in Saudi. All right, let's get another voice note uh, from Dee. Hi V, it's the oh, I thank you for bringing on all this shadow toilet. This lady is the jazz lady. She introduced me to a lot of jazz music. I have a CD, Roberta Fleck. I remember this one night I had flu, I was miserable. I was all alone in the flat and she was on the radio that day, that evening. And um, she played this song by Roberta Fleck, It Might Be You. And I went and bought that CD. Even today, whenever I play the CD, it always reminds me of her in that night. And I thank her for the beautiful work that she's done on the radio. And yeah, she's such a great lady. Thank you, V. 
Thanks, Dee. So, I'm sure there's so many people that when I posted uh, our uh, conversation on uh, social media yesterday that did say to me, like, for me, Shadow brought, introduced me to jazz. She did, and uh, I thank her for that. And they just say, you are a legend, absolutely classy. So uh, my Hawks left me with another little piece of information uh, that, you know, there's this thing called the golden ratio, and somehow yours doesn't work according to the numbers that they give us. Your golden ratio seems to be 19. Do you know where I'm going with this conversation? <laughs> so Mom Shadow yeah. had her first child at 19, then she had a second child or what, at 19 years later. Apparently something else is brewing now in 19, another 19 years later. Wasn't Mom Shadow? Well, during lockdown, I, I then, and, and I stopped working on radio in April, and I, I started growing vegetables and, and doing you know, things that I love. But then my family said, because I hung out with my mom a lot in the kitchen, so then my family said to me, why don't you give us um, a, a, a cookbook for us as a family to write all mom's recipes mm. in it? But, and, and when I started doing that, I started thinking back of the foods that really made our family our family, that are unique to our family. Um, and that led me to think, hmm, I, I can, I'm good with spices, I'm good with condiments, I'm good with the things I do. So I started something called 19 Spices. Oh, wow. Look at you. And, uh, and um, I am Pega, by the way, Mom. We are Pega. We are Pega. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. So, so when is this going to be out in, oh, uh, the do- in the domain? Well, hopefully January, February, you'll, you'll find them on your shelf. This is exciting news. You heard it here first. Hola, hola, hola. <laughs> I like the hogs for the doing... Your son Vusi says hi, by the way, Mom Shadow. Thank you so much. Is he listening? I don't know, but he sure did help out with some information. (laughs) (laughs) All in love, always, and thank you for being part of the show. Mom Shadow does not like talking about herself, so it took quite a lot to get her on the show. But we thank you, and we send lots of love, and uh, please continue to bless us with more greatness in whatever you do. And Siamongagakulu from the Till Noon family. I, I, I love you. Thank you. That's how I got to do this, to be talking to you and hearing you. And thanks to all your listeners and the support that they give it, they've they given me. And I hope they give you the same support. Thank you, Mom Shadow. Take care of yourself until we talk again. Bye-bye. Bye. Till noon with Vanessa Marawa, Monday to Friday at 9 a.m. till 12 p.m.